Thank you for listening to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast, a monthly podcast unpacking stories from the persecuted church that will challenge everything you know about faith, Jesus, and the church. Open Doors Live is hosted by Mike Gore and Jocelyn Gotto, and I'm your producer, Beth Westwood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. My name is Joss Gotto and I am so excited for today's episode for three reasons. <laughs> the first is that instead of being joined by Mike Gore, I am here with our producer, Beth. Beth, welcome Hello. to the podcast. It's a bit of a change to be on this side of the, uh, this side of the microphone. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm so stoked to be doing this episode with you and... The second reason that I am, well, I don't know that excited is the right word, but Beth, you are moving on from Open Doors. Mm, Beth, yeah. outside of, you know, being the producer for this podcast, Beth is an incredible storyteller and copywriter and she has a business that is absolutely flourishing. And so while I'm super excited as your friend for that to all be working out <laughs> really well, I am absolutely bummed as your colleague oh, thank you. that you are leaving us. And I thought yeah. we could just take a moment to honour you and to thank you for this podcast, for your years of work, for your years of storytelling and bringing the message and the stories and the lessons of the persecuted church to life for all of us. For Mike and myself, we thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners are super grateful for all of your work on this podcast as well. Thank you. That's so nice. It's such a bittersweet thing for those listening. Don't worry too much. We have uh, (laughs) one mini series that will be coming out soon. We're going to announce what that is very soon for you, but you're still going to have a couple of months of my voice on the airwaves or in your your car or wherever you're listening. (laughs) to the Open Doors Live podcast but thank you so much guys for tuning in and please let us know what you would like to see from this podcast in the future as well as the team takes stock of where we've come from everything that we've put together and what the future of the Open Doors Live podcast will look like feel free to send them an email or comment on Instagram or Facebook and let them know what you'd like to hear more of there you go still being such a good producer (laughs) on your way out just little tips and tricks along the way of what our listeners might like to hear. Um, the third reason I'm excited for this episode today is it is in honour of International Women's Day, which is coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, or depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But we today are honouring the women of the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. And we thought, what better way to do that than to kick Mike out of the studio for an episode <laughs> and for the girls to run the show. We'll take so over for a little bit. <laughs> I Yeah, that's right. I I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute, Beth, and ask for you to share a story of a woman that you met. This is not scripted and I might be throwing Beth under the bus (laughs) for this story. So we'll see if you remember it. But on a trip to Central Asia, we've both been on separate trips, but you came home and you told the story of a woman who gave you a hug. Is that enough of a lead? (laughs) Know what I'm talking about? I didn't know. I actually did not expect this to be the story that you wanted to pull out. (laughs) But I'm really glad you did because I feel like this story hasn't had really any airtime. But it was really, it really profoundly impacted me. And it was a story of a woman named Tanya. Um, And she, we met her at this women's refuge. So one of the projects that Open Doors supports over in Central Asia is like a a safe house and a refuge for women who have been um, either working um, as sex workers on the street or who have been living in poverty and often have children of their own to look after. And so there's this house for them to live in. And she was running this refuge. And when we met with her, she gave me a huge bear hug when we walked through the door and welcomed us like family into her home. She's quite a big, like foreboding. 
is. Presence. She's like, she stands out in a room. She looks quite rough mm. as well, um, but she's just the warmest person. And we got to hear her story. And she had uh, grown up in a neighboring country to the one that we were in. And she used to have a family. Um, she had a husband and one or two children. And one time they were they were driving somewhere and they were in a really horrific car accident and she lost her entire family and she was the only one who walked away and survived. And so after that, to deal with the trauma, she ended up turning to alcoholism and one night in a really drunken rage, she actually beat someone to death and ended up going to prison. So as she's telling the story, I'm thinking, okay, this woman is a murderer and she just hugged me. Yeah, I've just <laughs> All right. <laughs> she went on to talk about her redemptive story and how she met Jesus in that prison. And she had actually tried to take her life multiple times when she was behind bars. But every time she tried to do that, someone would interrupt her. A guard would walk in. Something always intervened and stopped her from taking her own life. And eventually she heard the gospel, received Jesus as her Lord and Savior and became a Christian, um, was healed from her alcohol addiction was released from prison and started running this uh, refuge for women and it was just so wild to to think to myself okay I've just been hugged by a murderer but I remember thinking I feel like I was hugged by a saint like this woman that had no evidence of her past kind of clinging to her she was just completely restored and redeemed the only uh piece of evidence about what she had gone through was uh, her right arm was it had healed at quite a, an awkward angle from the car accident and so she always held her arm quite differently yeah and you could tell that it, it didn't heal properly after the accident um, and that was the only sign visibly of what she had gone through but she was just a completely different woman and I think that's probably one of the biggest things we saw probably on both our trips to Central Asia is the church over there it's a first generation church and it is filled with ex-murderers and prisoners and drug addicts and people who have been completely redeemed by the love of Christ. And it is the most radical church and most challenging church that I've ever experienced. It really is. And thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> I remember when you came home and told that story and, and you know, reminiscent of, of my time in Central Asia as well. But I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that no one is so far gone mm. that God's love can't reach them and transform them. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, I don't have an incredibly crazy life story like you know being a murderer or a prisoner <laughs> mm. but I actually have the exact same need for the grace of God yeah. as those people do I'm no better yeah. my sin is just as significant and God's transformation of my heart mm. is as significant as his transformation of theirs absolutely um, and so you know I think we both definitely have a heart for that part of the world yeah. um, and it's been such a privilege to have gone there and to be able to share that um, I guess that connection with you mm. on what it's like to meet people who have been crazy radical mm. circumstances yeah but I will bring us back in from that little <laughs> tangent um, but thank you so much for sharing I wanted to ask you Beth maybe to speak into uh, some of the research that Open Doors has done um, when it comes to, you know, the World Watch List we've produced that obviously brings in a whole lot of research. Um, but what makes that any different for a woman versus a man as we kind of talk about International Women's Day in this episode? I think the thing that I didn't realise before I started working at Open Doors was that the women of the persecuted church experience something that we've called a double persecution. So right. they're not just persecuted because of their faith in Jesus, say they live in 
maybe an Islamic community and they've converted from Islam and become a Christian and so they're experiencing persecution for that. Um, But it can also be simply because of their gender, just because they are a woman they experience discrimination. And so the World Watch list that you might have seen, we released uh, last month in January, discovered that there was a really alarming trend in this gender-specific religious persecution. And they actually uncovered that there is a a real hidden epidemic of things like forced marriage Mm -hmm. and abuse being experienced by Christian women who, like I mentioned, are targeted for both their faith and their gender. And forced marriage actually increased during COVID-19. Wow. We hear a lot of stories of domestic violence increasing during yeah. that time as people yeah. are locked in their homes. Um, but the effects of that obviously are devastating on the church and to those women individually, especially in cultures where sexual purity is tied to family honour. Right. Um, I was reading a story just this week of a woman who had been captive by an Islamic extremist group called Boko Haram. Uh, in northern Nigeria and when she returned home nobody wanted to welcome her back into their community because she was considered a Boko Haram wife and unclean unfit for marriage which obviously we know is not true Um, but unfortunately in those communities that is the the way that women are seen and so sexual violence trafficking forced marriage they're really regularly weaponized against Christian women and girls to persecute these Christian minority communities. Women are also targeted just to prevent the growth of the Christian population. So if you can uh, marry a Christian woman, convert her to whatever your religion is, and then you have children together, those children now are whatever religion you are. So they're no longer Christian. So they're able to kind of control the growth of the Christian population in certain countries, which is really full on as well. It is really full on. And, you know, before I dive into um, another story, I feel like we should just pause and maybe we'll pray at the end of this episode Mm -hmm. for women in the persecuted church, because I think we can become very desensitized to different stats, you know, different numbers and uh, the research that shows that women are being, you know, incredibly persecuted for their faith and for their gender. We easily gloss over that when we think, actually, if this was happening in my context Mm -hmm. to, you know, I've grew up with four sisters, so we're a household filled Mm -hmm. with women. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. My best friend has three daughters. Mm think just for a minute how this research it's all happening at the same time as we're living in relative safety here Mm. um and and we are so grateful and so thankful but we also need to be mindful of women around the world who also would have a daughter or three daughters or a family of five girls um that their experience is so vastly different Mm. to ours and I don't think it's um I don't think we need to feel bad about it that we yeah. were born here and they were born there yeah. but it's something that we need to be mindful of and um we are their sisters they are our sisters yeah. so let's you know challenge ourselves especially as we reflect over International Women's Day that it's not just about us you know it's celebrating our empowerment as women here mm. it's about reaching our hand out to the women around the world who share our faith Absolutely. but not our freedom praying for them, encouraging them in any way that we can because they are dearly loved by Mm. God and they are our family. Beautiful. But I wanted to share a story from Southeast Asia of a woman called Lucina. Lucina was 19 years old when the COVID-19 pandemic began and extremists had threatened her father, Butros, so that he would stop sharing his faith. But when he refused to stop evangelising, the extremists targeted his daughter Lucina instead. One morning at 9am, Lucina was walking home after a tutoring session and a girl named Gadara pulled up in a taxi and started talking about their studies. She offered Lucina a ride home and gave her some tea and cake in the car. 
In that moment, Lucina was drugged and when she woke up, she was locked in a bedroom. When Lucina cried for help, Gadara shouted back, you're never going home, you're married to my brother now. While the rest of us around the world were in COVID lockdowns, Lucina was a prisoner in someone else's home, repeatedly assaulted in a false marriage. Months went by and when lockdown finally lifted, Gadara and her brother went out and Lucina escaped her room and found a mobile phone to call for help. When the police found Lucina, she was in a terrible condition, malnourished, mistreated, abused and pregnant. Lucina's story represents thousands of Christian women who are forced into marriages as a form of extreme persecution every year. Christian girls who return home pregnant are often viewed, as you were saying before, Beth, as tarnished by their families and communities. But through restoration programs, Open Doors is training and equipping Christian leaders to protect their congregation and to respond with the love of Christ and stand in solidarity with girls who have been affected. Just like Lucina's father, Butros, did. When she returned home, Butros persistently worked with police to bring charges against her abductors. Butros then gave his daughter and new grandson a place and a future in his home. He took on any of the shame directed at her and declared her guiltless. There has been no greater way to help his daughter overcome her trauma. Such a beautiful ending to a a heartbreaking story. We were talking about before how difficult it is to go back into a community after something like that has happened to you and then to have your father respond, not in a way that is culturally normal, which would be to cast you out, to, to shun you, to shame you, but to respond with love and to take on that shame himself. Unfortunately, it's really uncommon, but I think it's just such a beautiful example of the way that Christ is so countercultural and the love of God really does bring healing. Unfortunately, not all women get to have that same experience that Lucina did of a father that is so led by Christ in the way that he responds when they've gone through something like that. I remember referencing back to Central Asia again, meeting another woman there whose name was Miriam and her father was a really devout, quite extreme Muslim uh, in this part of Central Asia. And when she turned 16, she actually decided to give her life to Christ, which was a huge problem for her family. Um, and so for every every single day, her father would beat her to try and get Miriam to denounce her faith in Jesus every day. And she only escaped that situation when she turned 18 and she was able to marry a Christian man and leave home. Wow. So every day for two years, being beaten, refused to deny her faith in Jesus. How beautiful is that, like young Faith. Her faith is just already such an inspiration. But now when I when I met her in Central Asia, she was running the children's uh, Sunday school, which in this part of Central Asia, it's illegal to share the gospel with anyone under the age of 16. So what she was doing could have had her thrown in prison. You know, over here when we have um, Sunday school leaders and kids church pastors, it's like the really beautiful role in church. It's not necessarily something that you're going to risk your life yeah, doing. And all you're giving up is like your Sunday morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but for her, she could have gone to prison for up to three years just for sharing the gospel with kids. And when we asked her, you know, I said, how do you feel about that? That's pretty scary. And she just turned to me and said, you know what? I'm ready to have pain for Jesus. I'm thinking, what were the last couple of years of your life if you don't consider that pain? She goes, I'm ready to have pain for Jesus. And then she references Daniel 3, when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get taken to the fire, they refuse to bow down. Mm. And she said, even if they take us to the fire, we will continue to teach the kids. We will not bow down because we know that God is with us in the fire. 
such bold, brave words and they have stuck with me um, because I remember coming home and walking through a really difficult ordeal after that. I've shared it a bit on the podcast um, walking through my my mum uh, passing away from cancer and Miriam's words were constantly ringing in my ears that God is still with us in the fire um, and there was another pastor at the time who he was one of the church leaders during the Sri Lankan bombings and the Sunday after his church was bombed he went back with his congregation and they worshipped in a little community hall and he preached on Daniel 3 as well and he started talking about there is a fourth man in the fire with us. And I think as we reach out a hand to our sisters in Christ, this International Women's Day, as we pray for them, um, there's also so much we can learn from them for when we go through challenges and trials of our own, which will look different um, to what women of the persecuted church are walking through. But there is so much courage and strength that we can learn from them and apply to our own lives as well. Wow, I love that, Beth. And I feel like we have so much to learn from women of the persecuted church, their strength, their courage, uh, their vulnerability and their absolute love of Jesus and their desire for his great commission to keep going out in some of the most difficult places to be a Christian. Um, There are so many stories that we could have told in this podcast. We could have just gone back and forth of telling these different stories. But if you want to hear more or read more, you can head to our website, opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. There's also heaps of stories on our Instagram and you can, you know, stay connected with what's going on with the broader persecuted church, but also hear stories of women in the persecuted church as well. I mentioned up the top of this episode, we're going to pray for the women of the persecuted church. One of our teams did this in devotions yesterday and he invited us to just still our minds and close our eyes. And this might be a bit weird for you. It was a little bit weird for me. I'm not going to lie. I grew up Anglican, so this was a little bit out there, but I actually found it to be a really focusing exercise when it came for praying for people that I don't know. So he invited us to close our eyes, still our hearts and ask God to give you a picture of a person in the persecuted church. And so in this instance, let's try and think of a woman in the persecuted church and see if God puts anyone on your heart, any nation on your heart to pray, uh, yeah, specifically for um, the women of the church, our sisters in Christ They are part of the same body that we are. Um, And so, Beth, I wonder if you could lead us out in a prayer Mm. for the women of the persecuted church. I would love to. Um, So wherever you are, please join me now in prayer, whether you're in the car, whether you're at home. Maybe don't close your eyes if you're in the car, (laughs) but let's join together and pray right now. Dear God, we thank you for these stories of women from the persecuted church. First and foremost, we thank you that you see these women, Lord, that you love them, that you are caring for them and providing for them, Lord, even in ways that we don't necessarily understand. And we just pray for anyone who is in a really difficult situation at the moment, God, that you give them freedom and a way out if possible. Um, But above all else, you give them the strength to endure what they're walking through and to remain faithful to you and to hold on to you, God. We thank you so much for their lessons of courage and wisdom and that for the women listening to this podcast today they're able to take those stories into their own lives and to be strengthened to continue walking through their circumstances at the moment as well and we also pray for the men of our church to have the same response as Lucina's father Boutros did a response of love a response that is so Christ-like that welcomes people back from really dark difficult places with empathy and with understanding and takes the shame and carries that burden like you do for us Jesus. 
We pray this International Women's Day that we are able to reach out and support our fellow sisters in Christ and we are also able to be encouraged by their faith as well. Thank you so much that we get to share these stories today on the podcast and I just pray a blessing over anyone listening to this right now. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Beth, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. We will catch you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore and Jocelyn Gotto. To find out more about how you can support the persecuted church, head to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. I'm your producer, Beth, and we'll catch you next month for another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast.